Welcome to the Tiger Interview Series. In this episode, we have Jason Greeley back on deck with us. This is his second appearance on the Tiger Interview Series. He is talking about his top 100 company, talking about player promotion, player evaluation, as well as how do you extend your career? How do you continue the longevity? What is the secret? Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the second edition here. We're having an amazing conversation with Jason Grilly, former Major League pitcher. Uh, he gave us probably one of the best interviews we've had so far on just the internal desire to, to get there and have that coach rip that jersey off you, and that's when you're done, right? Um, it, was, it was very intense. And today, we're going to continue that trend. We're going to talk a little bit about you know, your style of coaching with different parameters, numbers of kids, et cetera, and then developing people. Jason, give a quick intro, a brief overview of your intro here. Well, it's, it's good to be on show number two here with you. I know uh, we're long-winded, and uh, there's always room to talk, clubhouse talk with, with baseball. It's, it never ends. But, you know, people don't talk enough about it, so I commend you for, you know, getting getting uh, the conversation. I think a lot of people are, are doing this uh, and putting it out there, uh, information, and uh, people who want to gravitate towards it. You know, God bless you for for finding out how to be better, how to be different, set yourself apart. Uh, that's kind of really what what Top 100 Sports. I joined a few guys, my partners up in Syracuse, New York. You know, again, how does how does people always ask me how did you go from high school drafted by the New York Yankees in the 24th round and make yourself into a fourth round overall pick, first round, fourth overall in the country? Uh, I said it was just hard work. I had some blessed with some talent, but uh, fortunately for me, I had a good rabbit to chase. I had Matt Morris, who was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals, had an all-star career. And uh, he was a junior when I was a freshman. So I said, well, I want to do what he's doing and do a little bit more. Uh, so he was my rabbit to chase. And I watched what he did. I, I applied some of the same things and methods that he did. And when he was gone and drafted, I was on my own, so to speak. So uh, I wanted to do a little bit more, see if I could get drafted higher than him. And I did. So... People want to know what that formula looks like, what it is. I'm just trying to scale down with you and, and commend all these coaches and all these, uh, you know, uh, great baseball clubs and organizations like the Rawlings Tigers and what's out there. Um, there's many to choose from. Uh, I think what the, the everybody's looking for that right fit, uh, even just as a player. I liked playing with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Toronto Blue Jays and the Colorado Rockies more than I did the Texas Rangers and some other clubs I was a part of. But um, you know, I was, I did what they asked me to do there. And, and, and that's all we're trying to do for these kids. We're trying to scale a big league, uh, regimen and routine, which I think a lot of kids do not have, do not know. Um, you can go to get a baseball lesson and sit there and get tee work and batting practice. And yes, it's all essential things, baseball skill set. But I think what people are starting to really trend and understand is that you have to be a better athlete all around. How do you get functional movement? I can't mechanically teach my own son, let alone any kid, hey, kid, get the, get get over your front side or, you know, do certain things mechanically if they can't move correctly as an athlete. Uh, I'll put it on the spotlight on, on my career, just kind of how it went and trended back in the late 90s. I was drafted by the San Francisco Giants. And that was a time when, you know, Balco and, and uh, steroids and the needle were very prominent uh, for, for many years, a little prior to and coming into the league. And 
soon after, long after when when some of those big superstars were in front of Congress. Unfortunately, you know, uh, good for the sport that it got the, the, the attention of fans, bad for the sport because everybody thought they had to keep up, uh, me included. I thought I had to do steroids in order to make it, and I was a first-round pick. Um, but what I found was, you know, my hard work ethic and what got me drafted as a, a first-round pick for the San Francisco Giants, I, I just ha- had a good cry and I almost quit baseball when I got to AAA because I was 20 years old and said, Dad, do I have to do this? in order to be a big leaguer. And he says, no, you got there on your own merit. Keep working hard. So I was probably one of the minority who wasn't in on the reindeer conversations about doing steroids and how to work out. Actually working out for pitchers, especially touching weights, was kind of, uh, uh, you know, something of uh, that was discouraged, you know. So I didn't know how to train other than what was I knew, and I was very intimidated by the weight room. I was very skinny when I got drafted. I was 100. 85 pounds soaking wet. And until I met a personal trainer, I kind of did my own routine, tried to figure out the weight room. I was just like, oh, my God. I was in Orlando, Florida, uh, where I lived at the time. And I went downtown to a gym. I forget the name of the gym, but it was owned by one of the American gladiators. You probably remember the show. but somebody oh, yeah. That who may watch the show might have to look on YouTube to see what American gladiators is. This girl, Ice, and she looked like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, this woman looked like a, a bigger than most men, right? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, I asked her questions about steroids, and it was all over the weight room in Orlando, Florida, as you can imagine, and, and the gyms across America. But, again, I was in there, and uh, lucky for me, I met a guy who kept watching me, and he's a good dear friend of mine, became a good dear friend of mine. But I hired my first personal trainer to teach me how to train properly and get ready for big league seasons. And year in and year out, the process got better and better and better until I became a, a major league all-star. So when I joined Top 100 Sports uh, and saw what they were doing, I wanted in immediately. And it's, here's why. I did the, tried the coaching aspect, and I saw what was going on, and everybody's trophy chasing. And it's great to win a championship. It is great to win a, a, cheer, a, a weekend tournament right you're not really winning anything other than a few games and you feel like you've won the lottery right when you win that trophy and it's a good feeling we want to breed winning believe me i want to win most uh, just as much if not more than anybody but what i don't like is that these kids are being abused and used to the extent that their young bodies are being put at risk so that their careers can't be prolonged and i want to prolong a career I, i played and borrowed this game Fortunately, for 20 plus years, I include professionally in my collegiate years because I was paid to go to college uh, on scholarship. So I said, if you get a scholarship, you're a professional athlete, in my in my opinion, because you're getting paid to play and you're lucky and blessed to do that. Um, if you're lucky to take it further and get paid as a you know as a professional and play in, in the minor league system or yet in the big leagues, uh, you, you know the longevity. Every every college coach, you you're included. Wouldn't you like to have your athletes know that, hey, I'm getting the most out of this kid. Why? Because he works hard. Well, at Top 100 Sports, we essentially measure all the data that what people want. You know, the old school method versus the new school method. We're kind of trying to blending both to say, here's your metrics, right? Everybody wants numbers. Everyone wants the sexy data, the spin rates, the, the, the launch angles, the this, that. I want to know if this kid, what this kid's shuttle run time is. Can he do a vertical jump? What's your grip strength? You know, these are things that we get tested on. Uh, what's called an FMS system, 
functional movement system, and it's a baseline. And they did that every spring training for us, uh, you know, to essentially know where you're at and if you got injured, where you need to get and be at around those numbers. So for kids, you know, people go, well, why would you test an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old? It's just like braces. You know, you put orthodontics on. You don't go to the orthodontist. You get your teeth straightened one time. You get straight teeth. It's a process, right? You have to get tightened up, you know, month in, month out, week in, week out, whatever. Uh, said baseball is the same way. You're training a regimen and your routine, which nobody really develops that and teaches that. We're all just going to get a lesson and get baseball-focused, dominated skill set. We're not talking nutrition. We're not talking weight training. We kind of leave that to, I don't know, what are you doing? Who's doing what? And some schools have that. Some schools even have training systems. Uh, I just saw one the other day. I walked into the facility, and all these kids were trying to do, you know, uh, deadlift, uh, a lot of weight, excessive amount of weight one time. I don't know, or or squat 500 pounds one time. And as you and I discussed uh, many a times, when do you do that in sport? I don't know what sport you do that in other than just weightlifting, right, to get it up there and show that you have you know, a power lifter. We don't do that. Um, in sports, I'd like to see people functionally control weight and you can always add, you never run out of weight in a weight room. That's what my trainer told me. <laughs> so, so we, we are just trying to get a baseline. We are, tr I am trying to put in my, my big league knowledge and what I've seen. Um, and I've seen a lot of stuff. A lot of guys have their own training methods and I tried to pull some things from that. Um, cause like I said, I, even at eight, even at 40 years old, I was still learning things. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not wrapped up in a ball. Everything's the same for everybody. Uh, some guys did some crazy, you know, movements and, and things with bowling pins and kettlebells and all that. If that's what you've been training with, and someone's showing you how to do that properly and you're getting good results with it. Okay. Then I have no argument there, but again, I would like to get a baseline for these kids a progression to show them essentially what data that coaches look for. You know, if you want to just play at, uh, here at, you know, University of Pitt is a big school, baseball school here, and University right up the road, or wherever, Vanderbilt, right? What is a Vanderbilt coach looking for? What are the statistics to say, this is where I measure out at. This is where I project at. So to me, just getting data, if you're getting data, and you have a player profile that you can send, whether they're amateur or they're trying to get close like 15, 16, 17 years old, they're trying to get in and showcase themselves. I think a college coach would want to see, not just baseball, um, our system you know, that we have, our player profiles that we have, you can put all your videos, your greatest highlights on there, your, your lessons, your drills, showing your progression from where you were at eight to 10, 12 to 15, 17, 18, to say, listen, this is this is my TikTok, Facebook page, Instagram page that is built, structured for to show your hard work. If you want to get it out there, the digital age is here. This is the new school, right? It's a very, first of all, that was an amazingly passionate overview overall. And it really does lead into the entire conversation of developing people because for a lot of parents out there, their mindsets are kind of stuck with just that, you know, my kid's going to be a better hitter. My kid's going to be a dominant pitcher and it's just baseball focus, right? There's no, there's no exercise. There's no pushing or they, they're so against exercise whatsoever. And they're like, Oh, we just do push-ups and ab crunches and a couple band things here and there. And I'm like, 
Well, you got to you got to lift some legs. You got to get some core in there. You need stability. And that's just for baseball players in general. Legs and core are the very, very important. But there's certain aspects where you don't want to get rounded shoulders. You don't want to do too much here or there. And then they're they're completely lost in space. Right. They just don't understand it. But they never it's because they never took the time to say, oh, man, that really should be an aspect of our training. And then I see kids eat cheeseburgers in between games and they're like 14, 15. I go, you better pray that there's a portage on close by and you're not starting on third base this game. Or you're up at the middle, you're in the middle of an at bat and it's a two, two count and the game's on the line. And now that burrito's catching up to you. Like we got to eat healthy and you got to take care of your body. And we try our best to teach them that. And it, and it gets intriguing and just building that whole player where we use data, we use blast motion you know, we break down data for a lot of play- parents where it's kind of like the status quo. They love average home runs. They love these these basic points. And then, you know, uh, uh, these gray hairs come every single day because of all the hats that I wear. But that's just me. I tell my parents and my players, like, that's me giving myself to you. So I'm getting older faster because I want to give you more youth. <laughs> but, you know, I want to educate them where, hey, you listen, you might go for five today, but you had five RBIs. Did you have a great day at the plate or a bad day at the plate? And it's funny because we've now transitioned our parents to understand, like, that's a hell of a day. That's amazing because they're understanding the intent behind it and the goals behind it. And it's not where you start. It's where you finish. And it's how you get there. And we try our best to educate our parents. It's not D1 or bust. You know, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. You could transfer. But these guys now have the transfer portal. They have JUCO players. They want to see your data to compare with what they have now. But what's even more important, like with our profiles, where we want them to see the progression. What is their growth? You know, how much work are they putting in and where were they at 13 versus 14 versus 16? That way they can understand their their work ethic. And if you got a kid that's working hard, that goes a long way, right? It really makes a difference because you can kind of kind of see without meeting them yet what their desire is. What's their internal fire to drive themselves to be better? Now they might go take a look at that kid, right? And then you put the other pieces together, and that's really how it comes together. Um, and I do have a couple of good questions that I'm going to touch on with what you mentioned with the top 100. And kind of diving into developing people, there's there's two two big points that I wanted to touch on real quick just to get your take on that. You know, one, I'll lead with this. You know, one, I know some people are deathly afraid to approach an ex-major league player for advice or – if you, which I know you do it, you'll see a kid playing great and you'll give a little bit of advice. You don't know the kid from Adam, right? You know, or you tell the parents, kid's doing great. He's doing something good. You know, some people teams were playing and people are like, what are you doing? I said, I want to see good baseball. Yeah. These kids tipping his pitches and tipping his signs. I, you know, that's half the battle. But I don't want somebody to abuse that. Why? So they can go win a trophy? I, I, can't, I can't sit there and watch things like that. We are, it's our job to pass that knowledge on. It, that's, I feel like it is my duty to pass the baton. I was lucky and blessed. God gave me that ability and, and opportunity to, to share it and, and, and love it and respect it. And that's really essentially what it is. Instead of, you know, I want me, 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 I, 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 yeah. and abuse it and take it, you know. Um, it's more fun when, it, you know, I, you always say, and I'm sorry to cut you off, uh, but when people again, when they win, you watch. Everybody loves the champagne spraying in the locker room when you see a team win every step away. Whether it's wild card to the World Series, 
what every player essentially says every interview we had a great group of men we had a great group of guys it was fun to play with these guys they played for each other and it's essentially it's unselfish baseball but everybody knows their role and is doing their part if i didn't you know do my part and put you know push the other guys and essentially the same thing lean in to each other you can't do it by yourself. You can't play baseball. It's an it's a team game based on individual performances. So I got to be accountable to my teammates and especially to my manager. I don't want to let anybody down. Sure, don't let anybody down. So it goes it goes along with all the key elements, the steps. I told my son, who's thirteen. I said, son, if you want to play, your homework has to be done. If we have to manage your time, I said, you don't want to be doing it. It's your brain's fried. And he goes, why? You know this math homework. I said, he goes, when am I going to use this? I said, you know what? Get in the zone. Like, use the math work or whatever. Listen to what the teacher's saying. It may be just something that you're never going to learn or you don't want to learn and stuff. But but the, the key to learning it and the formula to just getting in the zone of a math problem, I said, if you have to find what X and Y are in this formula, I said, maybe X is the guy on first and Y is the guy on third. I said, you got to get out of the situation. There's always going to be a problem. You got to find the solution. So... What does math do? I don't know. It's a puzzle. That's how I thought. I said that was my mentality. I loved math because I made it about baseball. I made it about I have to figure this out. And when you're on the mound or you're in the field or you got a problem in your normal life, you've got a flat tire, you got no gas, no money, you got to walk them out, no phone, you lose it. We have problems every day. We get bad hops every day. If you have three, three hop, bad hops or less a day, you've had a great day, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, you just got to figure out what's best and put together a routine and, and accept those bad hops. And you go, it's fun. It's fun to get out of situations. I know it was fun to get out of situations that I either created or they were created for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it feel victorious, you know, and that, that's, that is really essentially what sports can do for you, your mentality, your mindset. I know in business, guys that don't get to carry the carry – the, torch and wear the big league jersey uh, ever they can apply whatever level and they know what goes into it that's why all these people and companies love athletes because they know that they have a work ethic and it is indicative of they don't want to fail they always want to win and and succeed so again it goes back to your drive and, and your routine and you know if you're blessed to play sports um your mom and dad are paying exorbitant amounts of money for travel ball now and tournaments, uniforms, yep, yep. equipment at Dick's Sporting Goods and wherever you get it. <laughs> it's an expensive sport to play. It is. And investing in yourself and your parents invest in you to play, um, you hope that they don't they they love and respect it and you want to. And the people that fall off at 13, it's because it gets too hard for them. They can't um, deal with the adversity. It's a, it's a different beast when you have that adversity. And it's amazing what kids do in life when they handle adversity very well. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. You know, and it's, it's fun. I had a kid uh, that, I, that I give lessons to, and he had a really good performance the other day on the mound in a tournament. He was big guy. He ran over to me, ran past his parents. He goes, Mr. Crilly, Mr. Crilly. He goes, I now know what you're talking about. I said, yeah, I could tell. I said, well, what do you mean? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about specifically? He says, well, you told me, you know, six weeks. I said, well, yeah, what, what's the date? You're right. It's been about six weeks. I said, the best athletes in the world for baseball 
spring training is how long? Six weeks. Yep, I yep. said, I said, you put in your training in the off season. You, you have played practices and games and baseball, uh, you know, scrimmages and whatever to get to this point. And we've been playing tournaments and games. I said, but look how long it took you. How long has it been? Six weeks, Mr. Good. I go, now you're ready to play some baseball for the summer. You've now prepared. I go, now don't forget the feeling and the process that it took you to get there. Now it's going to be even harder. I'm going to push you to say, how do you stay consistently through that? And that's the next part of the routine I'm trying to teach this young man is, okay, now that you felt it, he was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, excited. I said, now you, I know you're listening. I said, it tickled me to say, yeah, here, I'm teaching you what I know to be true and what worked for me. If it doesn't work for you, we'll figure it out. It's not what I did. My career is over. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, try to try to sit there and say, well, I did it this way. That's what worked for me. I'm trying to figure out what, what works for you and, and just say, this is what I did. You want to try that? Yeah. If this is what you need to do, try that. Okay. Does that work? Good. You know, so it's always it's always fun to, you know, the rewards of coaching, right? Just yeah. Kids, who's you can see it in these kids' eyes. Um, you know, hearing the parents even get get excited about my son loves this, and you know, he's so excited. Those are the kids you can't wait to work with. Absolutely. Gassing himself to practice, and I'm tired. And this, okay, we'll give you we'll give you a couple of those, you know, buffers uh, buffer days. It's gonna right. Happen all of us, the best of us, but it's the kid who finds a way to get up for that part of the day and, uh, you know, ready to go to work and go to war and put it in. That's, that's really when you know you got something special to work with, you know. I want to pair off of that that passion. You know, we, we share that where you get excited when you see the kid finally, it clicks in him and they start to understand it. So, if you don't mind, tell me, tell me kind of your philosophy and approach to maybe doing a one-on-one -on -one session versus a small group, one of three kids versus a whole team. If you're working with a whole team to teach them something, what's your approach and your coaching style with that? Well, I think, I think when you have a group, it's easier to teach the fundamentals, you know, first and third situations, cutoffs, relays. Um, you know, again, I'm going to tell you a big league format, big league spring training. We would do that. Then we'd break off into pitchers. We'd do a PFP. We'd sp do specific things that pitchers need to do. Working on bunting, which is lost art in the game of baseball. Um, you know, bunt coverages, uh, rundowns and relays. So, you know, when you do team stuff, you got to do team fundamentals, pop fly priorities. When you do small groups, you know, two or three kids at a time, you can get in individualistic, you know, at the same time and try to do more of a conceptual thing and still do individual particulars with them. But the one-on-one -on -one time is really where you get excited because when you have a half an hour to an hour, now we can get really specific, break down some things, get into some mental conditioning and talking because it is, you don't have good mental skills and, and you're out on the field, you see these kids breaking down and having bad body language and blaming the umpire and, you know, excuse after excuse instead of like ah man you know i need to work on that and if you have a bad game if that should be the first thing you do in, in the practice why we lost the game everybody knows why you lost the game so when you go to practice as a team we need to work on what lost us the game we we sucked at that let's go back to that let's re review the tape a little bit not stay focused on it make sure we know what the hell to do next time and it just gives you a pause like okay we screwed up. We lost the game. 
that's not how we're going to get beat. We're not going to let it get beat that way again. So that's, I think, how you deal with the team practice as opposed to the smaller groups and the individual. You know, you can you can really get deep when you're just one-on-one. I think you get general and, and real fundamental the bigger the group is. That makes a lot of sense. It's and it's very true too. It's hard to it's hard to grasp everybody's attention at one time to make it more personal when you do that. And it for us, our philosophy is we we have to have a happy medium of both, right? Where we do group practices, but we build in small clinics, we build in private lessons for our kids because they need that. And not everybody has the funds or wants to spend the money to get those private lessons, even though that those kids deserve it and they need it. We build it in for them because at some point they're going to need it and they need just even if it's more of a, a, a mental hitting lab or a routine day. I don't care what it is. We want to swing the bat that day because we got to get your head right in the box for you to even make contact. And right now it's eating you alive. Let's focus on how we work with that. You know, and there's not many places out there that do that. It's just, all right, we're coming in. These are the drills we're doing and that's it. And. It, it drives me nuts because that's a really big aspect of the game right there. And if that kid mentally checks out, he checks out on the rest of his team. He gets down on himself and baseball is a hard game. When you get older, it's going to eat you alive and the game's going to continue to speed up on you. That happens to pitchers all the time. You know, I know you know that where all of a sudden you got one out, two outs. Now it's bases loaded. You get brought in bases loaded. Here you go. Take the mile, get us out of the gym, yeah. your job. You know what I mean? And, why don't you do that in a scrimmage for a pitcher so he could kind of ease into it and see how he handles the pressure, right? right? Or maybe he fails at it. Now we do a scrimmage and we work on that. Well, see, so, the scrimmage, the scrimmages, that's a, uh, you know, when people say oh, we got a scrimmage, people start taking, I, I, I am amazed at how scrimmages are run. I, I'm blown away because it's great to say we're going to scrimmage, but it gets very competitive instead of, instead of a practice. Scrimmaging should be about practice. Okay. Yes, it's great. It's a double. If the rundown happens, they botch it up. That's when you say timeout. Let's try to recreate that, please. Let's let's point it out, and both teams could learn from that. Um, and then, and you do a little practice session based upon that, and you go back to the game. You know, it, it is fun to play. It's fun when uh, you can see them play play relaxed. I used to love our practices growing up because sometimes more than the game, because I really felt like. We were working so hard, and we had such a I had such a good group of teammates and guys that I grew up with that played, and we won, you know, many many a summer state championships in Babe Ruth. That's a that's a thing of the past, right? Babe Ruth League. <laughs> but um, you know, we won we won a lot of tournaments in, in New York State, and we spent summers, and we had host families, and it was a different thing, you know. Um, but but I do remember those practices being long. So the sun went down to almost where you had hunger pains, but you didn't care because your sunflower seeds were held you over until you know dinner. And you're just just playing fatigued and letting that last guy get get his at bats in and hoping, you know, you're watching bats swoop through <laughs> the night uh fall, hoping not to get hit with a dark baseball that you can't see, you know, because we don't get those curls that you do in the big leagues or that you don't have lights, uh, especially in upstate New York, but you know, it's just it's just a matter of what do you want to get out of this? You know, Clint Hurdle asked me that question. What do you want out of your career? It was a loaded question. And, uh, you know, I was asked that 
right after I got traded. And I, and I just guess I posed that same question to a lot of kids because it, it meant a lot to me that he asked me that question. I said, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that question. I've been around here bouncing around. And, you know, you want me to pitch the sixth inning? Okay, I'll do the sixth inning. You need me tonight? Cool. What are you expecting me today? If everybody knows their expectation, knows their job, you can do it a lot, hell of a lot easier, can't you? Yeah. I'd like to know how to prepare for it because, again, a routine, I always say to these kids, your pregame routine is so essential. That is the most important part, and that's from everything from your sleep. The night before, you're not staying up playing video games till your eyes are bleeding to you're eating healthy, a couple of square meals before your game and not you know enough time to digest. So you're not lethargic because people eat that, like you said, eat that cheeseburger for the next game. They're heavy at third base. You know, you got to, you got, and I know there's some things that you can't control with tournament baseball, but, but there are some things I think you got to keep in mind and, and, and figure out, figure it out so that you're getting the most out of yourself. And uh, the pregame plays into the end game uh, where you, where you're just, taking everything you've worked for. It's like studying for a test. The paper gets in front of you, test in front of you. I know all these answers. I'm going to go through it, practice it. I've studied it, worked hard. Now I'm going to enjoy the, the fruits of my success, and hopefully I have a successful day. Even if you go 0 for 5 and you square it up the ball several times, or I got you know gave up five runs, but I'm, I'm hitting my spots, sometimes you got to tip your cap. You've had an unlucky day, but that work towards that feeling. Did I get that feeling? If you repeat, your delivery, you repeat your swing, you're going to have a consistently better chance in baseball. Um, the odds will be in your favor. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It's hilarious that you use the uh, the test scenario. And and I it's funny because I use that on my kids all the time whenever we're going through the development stage. We're trying to teach them. We're trying to get them to grow. But we want them to understand the reason why we're doing it. And then once they feel it, that's what we chase. And I asked them all, if you go to class and you don't pay attention, you goof off, your teacher gives you a pop quiz. What, what do you think you're going to do? Unanimously, they say that they're going to fail. So, mm -hmm. okay, so if you work hard, you study, you know the material, you pay attention, you focus, you, you get intrigued by something, so you, you want to learn a little bit more, and you understand the, the topics at hand, all of a sudden you get that pop quiz, how are you going to do? I should probably ace that. I would expect myself to ace it, right? So what's the only difference between both scenarios? Focus, that's all it is. And what you put into yourself and what you're worth when you do that. And it's amazing once that clicks and it resonates with our players a lot because they start to understand and you just have to find what connects with them. You know, what's their other desires and likes in life. And when you start to correlate those two, it makes a lot more sense, but every kid's different. You got to talk different to them. And, you know, we've touched a lot about just developing the player as a whole, right? And we're developing people, you know, instead of some organizations are just, I want X number of teams and I want to buy a multi-million dollar house and we're just going to do it this way because people are going to pay no matter what. So developing people is one of the biggest aspects that you can possibly have. And we share a common passion with that because it is about the people, right? It's not about the business. You won't have a business if you don't have people, it'll crumble. You can build the Taj Mahal, and if you don't have great people, great relationships, great coaches, great families, great kids, forget it. It's, you know, it's a relic in a year's past. Yep. So kind of transitioning into this, this aspect of it's about developing people, what I want to kind of kick off with is 
we're pulling the same rope. You use that term quite a bit. I like the term a lot and I'm starting to use it more now. We see the egos are growing a lot more. There's a lot of stubbornness. The relentless need to win seems to overshadow development almost unanimously across the board. And it's not just here in Pittsburgh, it's across the country at a lot of youth levels. You know, with that being the case, and we've talked about people doing different things just to justify a price point or wins or trophies or whatever. You know, it's it's a little bit crazy with what we got. What problems do you see arising from that negative style of the egos, the stubbornness and justifying price points with that? And how would you address those issues? Uh, well, don't get me wrong. Winning winning in a trophy and having success and that feeling of jubilation to win does a lot for confidence and morale, right? Absolutely. Um I, I guess when you take the, the egos and, and the selfishness of anything you do, especially in team sports, when you're just sitting there worrying about, I'll tell you a story just even about basketball. We used to have, we had, we had a good group of guys for basketball, but we lost a lot. And when we I used to come in the clubhouse locker room after a high school game, we got our butts beat by 20 points, 30 points. And guys were like, yo, how many points did you have? How many points you had? I got so sick and tired of how guys. I wanted to walk. I walked up to him. I said, "You, you didn't have enough. You didn't have enough. We lost. I didn't care. You needed to score fifty points tonight, and we would have won the game. But we didn't win the game. So it doesn't matter if you went four for four today. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because it means you're on point. Now we got to get everybody else to to do the same and 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 play together. You know, uh, maybe the guy who is four for four can be like, "Hey, man." Your teammates, sometimes you go, dude, why are you dropping your hands? Or why are you loading this way? Or, you know, you're tipping your pitches. Being a good teammate is paying attention to to your to your guys. Being a good teammate is saying, hey, man, quit goofing off on the bench. Watch this other team. This kid's pretty good. Let's watch what he's doing. Yeah, it might be intimidating. To go, well, I've never seen a kid face the kid that throws this hard. Well, how's your chance? Because you might have to face that again. And as you go up, you're going to face it again. So the morale and the camaraderie is about, hey, man, you can do it. It's like the first time you, you know, bungee jump or skydive, like that's going to be a fun, that's going to be a push. That's going to be like, whoa, I'm really doing this. And it's that kind of feeling. Taking that risk, I think it's just about, hey, guys, we're taking a risk today. I used to get the butterflies. I used to pee, poop, and puke because I was so excited. My body was so revved up with adrenaline. As people know, you know that my style of play, and and, and uh, you know, I, I sit there and I go, I had that much fun and that much feeling towards I was ready to play. Some days I wasn't, but I had to trick myself, lie to myself to go. I feel like absolute dog shit, and today I got to fi- figure it out of how to get ready. How do I trick my mind? How do I trick my guys to be like, Yo, man, you got me today. You know, it's your turn. Whatever. Because there's, there's stuff that's off the field. There's things that we don't see through the entire lens. Somebody may not be letting on to. So, uh, you know, trying to put the egos to bay, that's tough. It's tough because as males get together, there's a lot of alpha going on. And can you, and the older you get, especially with, with, with it doesn't matter, with, with teenagers to grown men in locker rooms and even some of these coaches who are holding clipboards and, they played Division One baseball and know everything about baseball, and telling the umpire he sucks and this parent get out of my face or whatever it may be. It's like you know, 
the the system if you're fortunate enough to develop that in that winning way um you know it, it requires a lot again you're wearing that that rawlings tigers hat i know that the, the the brand of of rawlings is pretty damn good um you know and that's kind of like again what we do at top 100 sports we're putting out primo stuff i'm getting a lot of my fraternity brothers to to share that knowledge and say hey man it's not about us we did it and we did it to the level that we could succeed and make a name for ourselves or make enough money or help win a team tim win a raise a banner or be a part of that playoff race um and we just again you want to continue to push every aspect and it's hard because everybody's always at a different space of confidence ego of development um and you just hope that everybody kind of collectively says hey while you're doing this over here i got you back i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for you because i know what you're gonna come through i see how you're working hard I'm gonna, you're gonna come through keep getting that chance you might have to take bp after the game's over the kids that are you know trying to do a couple things i've done that with my son my son's like was pissed off by hitting 11th in the lineup you know the coach had him hitting 10th or 11th in the lineup because there's 11 kids on the team he says dad is is bs i said oh i said about time i said i didn't say anything i said you ready to work he said yeah he moved himself all the way up started hitting the ball started hitting home runs the coach started moving him up from 11th to like fifth in the order i said what got you there he says dad i had to work I say, now you know that lesson. And that wasn't me pushing them. And I, like I said, I've already been there. My dad didn't push me. That added to like, if you want it, there it is. What's your drive? We're going to go back to your question from segment number one. What's your drive? I don't want to have to push it. If I have to crack the whip, a coach should yell in-game if he knows the capability of what the player's doing and messes up. But don't yell at the player because he's he's made an error or mentally or physically. That's for the post game, the in game stuff. You might take them aside. I think a lot of people handle it different because winning's the, the thing, right? You get caught up in the winning. I'd rather develop a kid and yeah, yell at him for for a good measure, but yelling the the right way, yelling at him, not to undress him in front of the team, or to make me look like I'm coaching right now. I'd rather yell at him to say, "Dude, I'm I'm only disappointed that I know what you're capable of." Right. I'll never be mad at you. That's what I tell my son. I'm never going to be mad at you or angry at you. I'll be if you make me disappointed though. That's worse. That is worse than being mad because disappointment has. I know what you're capable of. You're letting yourself down, and I hate watching you do that to yourself. So I got to encourage you. Like I said, I always tell my son. I said I'm going to be your friend. You're my best friend. But when I got to put my dad hat on and be uncool, I don't like that. I don't like confrontation, even even being a dad. I don't want to do that as a coach in the lesson, but you know what? If I see you goofing off, if I see you goofing off, or I see what you're not capable of, I got to pull you aside, or you got to come in the office and have a one-on-one sit-down. Maybe it's a teammate. It may not be the coach, you know? So there's a lot that goes into development. It's a sexy word. Everybody says, oh, we're developing players. Why? Because you're putting a ball on a tee and letting the kid whack it and go, hey, good job. That's not development. Okay, a dad should be doing that with your son. Go out, feel the dreams, play catch with your kid. Do the do the basics that you can if you don't have knowledge, or if you do yeah. plenty of YouTube videos. There's probably a, a knowledge bank in your library for Rolling Tigers that you have to pull from. 
there, you know, there's no excuse anymore. There really isn't. It's what you want to get out of it and where you want to take it. What's your drive? What's That's your drive, what it is. Man. What's your drive? And and it's funny, like we we do that, and and it's a big reason why we have blast motion, right? A lot of people just naturally think it's data driven. Well, for me, one of the biggest things that I have access to is how many dads don't know the game at the next level or they've taken their kid. I, I've heard this a million times. I've got my kid to the extent that I can. You know, I need to let someone else with more knowledge take over. Well, I'm only with you so many, day, so many days a week and so much time. I only have X amount to do. It's what you do at home. And, you know, years past, it'd be like, okay, you know, great, great dads would go out there and they're ready to have labrum surgery because they've thrown 8,000 rounds of BP a week for the last 10 years. Right. And, and those are awesome. But now everybody's working, everybody's busy. You have siblings they are getting pulled in a million directions. Well, blast motion with our premium account, you have a hitting instructor giving you a video on something specific to help you with this dynamic. And that's exactly what it is. And I, and you guys use it too for the data metric. And this is just a hidden gem that I use for my parents where I know intrinsically, I watch my kids' data, especially during high school, where we don't really get to see them at all. And I can see where they're at and what they're doing, and they can easily reach out to me and say, Coach, you know, I know something's off. Here's what I need to work on. Do you think these drills are good? And it guides them through those drills. So you, you at this point now, you don't even have to worry about having an extra coach there. You've got someone right there that will show you physically how to do it, and I can right. track your swings if, you, if you're doing it the right way. So you get that development piece added to it. Hey, listen, man, I was a, a teenage kid who had been doing a lot of things, but I was in the basement of my parents' house till wee hours of the, the night and drove my mom crazy because I'd be I'd nailed up a blanket on the beam of the basement, whether I was thrown into it or hitting balls into it. You don't need someone always there to find your own swing. Figure it out yourself. If, if you're able to figure out a video game and how to beat this monster or shoot this guy who keeps, you know, pegging you on, on Fortnite or whatever, <laughs> they have the patience to do that. But they, these kids don't have the knowledge to just say, I'm going to go down there, take a round, and feel where I feel comfortable. Now, you could get in a bad habit by teaching yourself if you don't recognize it, but you're smart. You should be smart enough to figure it out. If you place with something long enough, you do something long enough, you want to be better at it, you know, you're going to go shoot hoops, go, you know, shoot free throws. I got to improve my free throw percentage. Well, then go to the court, go out to your basket, and you shoot free throws. It's the yeah. same with baseball. Yeah. The guys, the guys, people go, 7 o'clock game. They're they're blown away. I show the kids all the time. I go, they want to go watch the game. I said, yeah, we'll go watch BP. I said, but I'm going to take even before BP. They're like, what do you mean? So what time do you think these guys get to the ballpark? Oh, I don't know, 3 o'clock? Three o'clock. I said, some of these guys are here at lunchtime and they're hitting on a tee and then they work with the coach and they're going to a video. They're trying to find that swing and they may take a break and they may go back to it. They may hit just, just to constantly feel that feeling. They just want that feeling to repeat all the way to game time. They're trying to take that feeling, that right swing, the proper swing, constant adjustments. You know, pitchers don't essentially have that same luxury, but your throwing program should be. It's the same. You should develop a routine. And I tell these kids all the time, development is taking a, a good routine. So we've 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 hammered this this concept down. Tim, I, I know we have. And we uh, have. I'm very, very 
appreciative of, of this, this platform to talk with you, talk some good baseball. Um, I want to come check out more of your program. Um, I'd love to share what we do with the Rawlings Tigers just as a yeah. whole. I know collaboration and, and teaching development the right way. Uh, we got big leaguers behind what we do. We want to just pass on our knowledge to you. I'm, I've, I've forgotten some things. I know I'm going to learn as much as I can. My eyes and my ears tell me everything, and I'm always yeah. to learning more things of how to be a better coach for kids because um, it's fun to watch watch them take take the wheel, you know. It is, and it's an amazing take because I there's a lot of coaches out there. It's their way or the highway, and I I love learning. This is a big thing for me where I'm learning things that you did. I'm learning things that that you're passionate about and things that you've gone through, what you're teaching the kids because there's things that I don't do or things that I haven't learned yet that I can incorporate. And it's it's amazing when you have that openness to grow, and then you could give it back to these kids, you know and and when we develop these players, you know, like with the top 100, you guys are, are giving them the opportunity to, to realistically see where they're at. You know, that instant feedback, if you will. We want them to have that instant feedback as well. And we want them to have that internal drive. You know, we've, we've harped on drive. We've talked quite a bit about, you know, development and, and that passion. And it's funny because, you know, kind of pairing into the and uh, more of the, the aspects of the top 100 of what you guys have done and, and you've done a great job of bringing that light to it is we tell our kids all the time, like you said, you know, you want to cheer for your teammates. We don't have names on the back of our jerseys on any of our teams. And sometimes parents are like, what, what is wrong with you? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Well, here's the reason. We're one team. We're one culture. We're one organization. If you play for the name on the front of your jersey, people yeah. will learn the name on the back, right? Yeah. And if you do something successful and you get that excited when you hit a home run and it's a walk-off, you should be equally as excited when the next guy up does it, especially when he's coming out of a slump. Or if that guy throws a no-hitter, you know, it's amazing what happens. Or if you got two guys on the same team, and we just had this a couple weeks ago, 12 you, kids struggled a little bit. We did some lessons with them. They combined for a no-hitter. I never would have imagined that that ever would have happened, but they had that fire inside them. And I'm like, Dude, that was absolutely epic. I'm sitting behind home plate. And I'm like shaking my head. I'm like, man, he is freaking killing it. And my wife's looking at me like I'm nuts. And she goes, so you just treat all these kids like your own kids? I was like, yeah, 100%. Because like, I get excited. I get chills when they do these things. And when it clicks and it happens, and it's amazing. And then they see these results. And now the parents are starting to learn it. You know, what I want to do is... You know, tell us some more of the, the dynamics. You touched on the grip and, and other things and how you guys come out and do the video aspect. And, you know, you have those leaderboards. There's other programs that will do leaderboards based on just tournament play, if you will. You could have one bad tournament, spend $900 on a perfect game, and you're like, crap, I got to go back to another one. Well, what does this do to fill that gap so you're not wasting money, as I like to say, and I know you would probably agree. You know, what are some of those things that they do where – College coaches call us and they want our blast data. They want to see where this kid compares with what they have right now. Can he fit in? What is that? How does that help these guys out? And and I believe you mentioned it the last time where, you know, D1 guys, they get found. So you're focusing on like D2 and below. You know, what are some of the key aspects and benefits that Top 100 will do for those kids, for those parents that don't know? Well, see, when we do the testing, but here's what we, we also do. We, we do have a tournament and we get invites to these kids so that they can – you know, if a kid can throw 90 miles an hour, I want to I want to see good baseball. I want to see who can the kid who has these 
these test results that can hit the 90 miles an hour. So in order to get better, you got to square these people off. It's like we watch UFC. Do we invite the heavyweights versus the lightweights? No. You, you have different divisions and sections, and that's what you do. So that's essentially what we did too. It's like we want to put you in situations to succeed, right? What's the sense of going, well, this kid throws 90, 95 miles an hour. Well, this kid has never seen that before. And he's, he can hit it 80 mile an hour and he hits them all day long over the fence. Well, then but it's like if the kid knows math and he's getting excelling in math, does he want to do we want to push him into the honors class to say, do you want to chat more challenge? Maybe it's not challenging enough for you. And you can sit there and that's why I said, I think there's a big cutoff between the 12 year olds and then 13 and up because now we're playing big boy baseball at 13 and up. You're sure. trying at regulation distances or moving back essentially. Uh, so we, we want to, we want to square kids off based on the data and the metrics. I mean, some of you guys use our, our system to make a team to essentially go, this is how we run our tryouts instead of, well, I know this kid, or, you know, this is a good kid or whatever, you know, nobody wants Johnny, but we'll take him. His mom makes the nice cookies or whatever, you know, so it's, it's when you want, when you want to develop and make a good team, if you're making an organization that you want to succeed, it's like, you want to do that. You know, that's what, a, that's what a big league club does, right? They do have a draft and they do this, but they do it according to, hey, we're trying to build, build a good team here so that they can go on and develop together. Just because you have a good team and you develop a winning, winning method. So our system, we do that. And then we have an invitation for top 100 games. And we have games of kids throughout all the nation, internationally come down and we, we let them play against each other based on their the data of what they're working towards. And like I said, exposing them to themselves and then taking the exposure to say, well, see, I rank against this kid. If I'm Pennsylvania, well, I got a kid over here in West Virginia that's good. I might square off against him or he might be on my team. I want to talk to him. Maybe I'll get to see his grip. That's really what, what we're, we're leading these kids in, in amateur sports to. We're getting them up. We're elevating them to the collegiate level. You know, we're trying to elevate the collegiate level. The, the, the collegiate level has now become really the difference maker, the bar, at the border to get what's, what's the product in the big leagues? You know, what are we putting in the big leagues? What are we teaching them? It's happening at the collegiate level, right? Basically what we're seeing is, is, is that. So we're trying to just do from the collegiate level down and get them that scholarship or get them exposed to get the chance to be a pitcher at the Vanderbilt or – you know, play at UCLA or wherever, even the college that's in your in your neighborhood, right behind your backyard. Doesn't matter if that's where you get to go play. Go play. It's all about where can you keep the uniform on the longest. Um, so I'm excited to get this going. Uh, right now is essentially the time where we do a lot of people are joining us up at Top 100 Sports. Um, we're, we we. <laughs> You'll spend more on a, a stinking bat or a glove at Dick's Sporting Goods than what, what we do uh, is, is pennies to, on the dollar. And the benefits far outweigh uh, some of the other stuff that people invest in. So I can say as a big leaguer, I'm not trying to take take people's money. I just want to give them the best uh, tools to set up themselves for success and develop a good routine, expose them to themselves even more so because I think everybody does want to know, hey, how do I get to this next level? How do I do this? How do I do that? Well, there's a lot of steps along the way, but we, we want to expose you to, to yourself. And that's what we do at Top 100. So, man, I'm again, I'm thankful for 
this time, this opportunity to share what I do with Top 100. I'm sure, you know, to share and talk baseball with you as always over coffee or whether we're on the Cisco web chat here. Uh, (laughs) You're in a great ship, man. I know you've read your success and I want to come over there and see you, man. I'm excited to have you. Come down anytime you want. Learn you know, anytime you're willing to offer advice or knowledge. I'm I'm very open to as much as possible because there's just areas that I don't excel in, and I need people that are more intelligent than me in other areas because they can give the kids what they need the most, and it's a very big aspect. And I I thank you so much. I I employ a lot of people to go out there and learn more about the top 100. I know I myself personally have had a WebEx meeting with the guys from Top 100 and learned a lot more about them. Uh, there's some similar aspects that they use versus what we do with just Blast. They build onto it, you know, and it's something you can incorporate in your own region, in your own area. Um, they come out and they do the testing for you, which is fantastic. And it, and like Jason said, it helps you in more ways than one. It helps you as a coach, an organization. It really helps the kids. It gives them that that internal drive. It should push their internal drive more because they know where they sit. And if they like video games, they want to be at the top, right? Now you have real life. Go get to the top if you want to go to that next level. Yeah, we put these leaderboards and we put a TV right, right in your, your school, right in your academy. They walk in, they can see. Just like, you know, I like to walk in and know that I was top of the saves or strikeouts in the league, right? It's on the board. It's all the top five, ten guys are on the board, uh, leaders in the league. You want to stay in that board. That means you're doing something special, right? And so – and again, we take one hat off of all the coaches and the people that run the organization. We run a tight ship, man. It's a fun time. The kids love it. Parents love it. And and all the the, uh, the baseball academies and affiliates that we have, um, we're we're very lucky that uh, they they're willing to believe in what we do. And sure, same. We're just sharing sharing the knowledge, man. Passing it down. Last question for you. What age groups do you guys run with? I know that's probably one of the bigger questions on some of our directors and coaches' minds. Yep. Uh, what age groups do you guys do this for traditionally? We go. We we have some some uh, organizations that go down right to eight years old. Uh, like I said, these kids don't know how to do a push up or a sit up properly, so <laughs> I'm not exposing to them now. They're not doing it in gym class. You know, uh, you can't do gym class on a virtual online thing, and 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 some of these gym teachers. You know, rolling kickball and stuff. The presidential presidential physical fitness test, right? That was something I know you and I did too. We're we're dating ourselves with this this conversation. <laughs> we used to have to we have to see how many push ups and sit ups you can you do in a minute, and how many pull ups and chin ups you can you do. Uh, and and you, there was these standards, right? And and that was that was our metrics. We tested ourselves against ourselves to see if we were physically fit. How how long, how, how how many minutes can you run a mile in? You know. Um, all these things they're 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 commonplace but now we're 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 exposing them and and making it competitive and fun to train to train better to train better as an athlete and expose yourself to yourself so that you can get yourself further ahead and differentiate yourself to stand out because if you put a uniform on everybody wants to be the hero you want to be the superstar you want to be the guy that they're dumping water and Gatorade at the end of the game for it's it's oh yeah ego feed that ego base and know that you know all that hard work meant it meant it meant a successful day at the ballpark so yeah. paid yeah. off yeah Tim good stuff man 
I appreciate it, brother. It's it's always good talking to you. I know we'll talk again soon. I'm excited to, to bring you in and show you what we do here and, and get your feedback and learn more from you guys. And like, it's always open for you to come down anytime you want. For all of our listeners, viewers, parents, check them out. You know, directors too, check them out. Learn more about them and what they offer and, and what they're doing, right? We want to develop these players. It's what we do. And bringing you guys resources and tools, 100%, that's that's our goal. That's what we want. And right now is where I know you guys are doing budgets for the upcoming season. So, like I said, if you see what we, we essentially do, it's very, very economical to fit into your budget. Um, you'd be very surprised and very pleased to know that uh, we, we, we over-promise. Uh, I should say we, we deliver. We don't, we don't over-promise. We, we deliver over deliver on our promises of what what we provide man it's a rock show and uh hopefully we'll bring it to you man sounds good man i love it guys check it out top100.com is that correct top100sports.com top100sports.com check it out jason man i can't thank you enough for this it's always fun player development through the roof i know people are going to take a lot from this and they're very appreciative of this Tigers want to thank you as well. Looking forward to bringing you in and showing you what we got, bro. All right, man. Coming to see you soon, buddy. Let's do it, man. Enjoy your day, brother. I'll talk to you. Thanks again.